Welcome back to Chatting Rabbis. This is Eliezer Zalmanov in Munster, Indiana. Hi, Eliezer. Mendy Chitrick here from Istanbul, Turkey. So Gimel Tamos is coming up in a few days. Um, are you getting ready for Gimel Tamos? What is Gimel Tamos, first of all? So let people know. So obviously uh, Gimel Tamos is the Rebbe's yard site in 1994. And... It's, it's a hard date for, for us as Hasidim, especially those of us who lived with the Rebbe, saw the Rebbe. And as much as you try to put a positive spin on the date and getting ready for it, the term getting ready for something is, is, a, is overused. But uh, sometimes you have to just let a date happen. You have to let it up, up, appear and you make with it whatever, uh, whatever you can. So uh, that's... that's at least in a in a nutshell, how how I generally approach Gimel Tamas. Obviously, uh, there's uh, there's the acts, the uh, the minogim, Whether you get an aliyah before and you visit the oil and you have a bring and you inspire people to uh, to live as uh, as the Rebbe would want us to live, but the day itself is not a is not an easy day. Okay, so um, I uh, get get ready for Gimel Tamas. First of all, I buy a ticket to go to the visit the Rebbe's oil. That's one thing of getting ready. I also um, sent out a mess uh, message to all the people on my WhatsApp lips, lists. Uh, it's about uh, 1,500 people that get for me a Shabbat Shalom message every week and some other notification. And I ask people if they uh, would like to have uh, um, have me read for them a request or a bracha at the Rebbe's gravesite in New York because I'm going to be traveling on Thursday to New York and I will uh, be at the Rebbe's gravesite. I don't know if I'll be able to manage to get into the Rebbe's oil. I'm not going to stand in line for three hours if, he, if that is a question. Probably uh, I'll go in, uh, go to pray at the Rebbe's oil itself, maybe on Friday or maybe after Shabbos. So, uh, because I don't think I should be standing for three and a half hours in line. But um, um, I definitely will be reading uh, whether the days surrounding the Rebbe's Yorzeit, uh, uh you know, many, many requests. I think after I sent out, uh, uh, two hours ago, I sent out a request for, you know, for people. Um, I got over 150 emails and messages from people who want me to read their names or ask for uh, blessings, prayers for various things. So that's the second thing I did. Um, tomorrow, which is Wednesday evening, hopefully we'll have a small Fabringen get-together in Mariv in, uh, in my home. Um, I invited a few people. I don't know how many people will come. Maybe one, two, maybe three, maybe more. Um, we'll come tomorrow for a small Fabringen for Gimotamos and in which we will learn some of the Rebbe's thoughts, talk a little bit about the Rebbe, maybe sing some of Nigunim, which uh, uh, the Rebbe has taught us. Come try to feel ourselves a little bit closer to the way and the things that the Rebbe has taught us. Um, so that is my preparation for Gimel Tamas. I guess, <laughs> if you put it that, that way, if you phrase it that way, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about uh, sending our kids to camp and you asked me if I'm getting our kids ready for camp, and I asked you if you meant uh, materially, like buying uh, bed sheets and, uh, and bathing suits or uh, something else. And then you had something else in mind. But apparently it seems that now what you're referring to is uh, the very mundane down to earth. Yes, you buy a ticket and you spend some hours at the oil, whether you go into the oil on Gimel Tamas or itself or the days surrounding it. 
Yeah, so that kind of preparation, uh, everybody, uh, at least I do, and uh, yes, we had a Fabrengen with our community and uh, inspired people to learn from the Rebbe and to connect to the Rebbe and, of course, to send their uh, their personal requests. You know, different over the years, I've, I've asked people, I've offered to take their names to the oil with me, but uh, it kind of evolved to me now encouraging encouraging them to write to the oil themselves. They don't need me as their messenger. They, uh, they can fax, they can mail, they can... They can email, they can maybe even send it uh, with a pigeon. You write, write the letter to the Rebbe yourself, to the oil. Pigeon goes before facts or after facts? I don't know, at this point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the uh, preparations mentally in, in our own minds, like I said, is not, uh, is not, is not easy. So yes, you learn a Maimer, the famous Maimer, that the Rebbe distributed uh, j- uh, just a few short uh, weeks a week and a half before his stroke in uh, 1992, and it consider, some consider it the Rebbe's last will and testament, especially because it talks about the significance of a, of a Rebbe, of a leader. So in the, in the weeks leading up to Gimel Tammuz, there's an emphasis placed on learning it, which is very important. I learn it, and my kids learn it, and I talk about the content with my community. But like I said at the beginning, these are all acts. They're all you're going, through, going through the motions. But when it comes to the actual day of Gimel Tammuz, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, uh, an easy day to handle. I think we may have spoken about this uh, in our episode before Gimel Tammuz last year. It's just not, not something that it, that's easy to uh, to handle. And I know it might sound a little, a little crass, a little grub, as they say. But I'm I'm very happy when the day of Gimel Tammuz is over. And, uh, by, and by happy, obviously, I don't mean happy and dancing. Are you going to be Shabbos at the Oyel? I plan to be. God willing. Okay, and uh, it, it, if when when the Shabbos is after Gimel Tammuz, it has takes on a different, um, a, a different nature than when Shabbos is right before Gimel Tammuz or Gimel Tammuz itself is Shabbos. But I plan to be there with my sons, three of my sons, and uh, hope to be inspired. Hope to maybe uh, hear from others about how they're handling this uh, this situation. Maybe people have a better handle on functioning in a post Gimel Tammuz world than I do. I'm also planning on being at the Ohel Shabbos after Gimel Tammuz with the three of my sons. Okay, so three of my sons. We've we've, we've, of, uh, we've, we've, we've spent a lot of sh- a lot of Shabbos at the Ohel together, um, with our kids, without our kids. I don't know where you're staying, but that sounds, uh, you know, me, three of my sons, you, three of your sons. We could also have a minion. If uh, if a minion is only eight, then yeah. <laughs> no, we can get them. I'm sure we'll find some other cousin with some of their sons, and we'll have a, quite a big minion. Um, good idea. Also prevent some salads being thrown around. I mean, when you have your sons protecting you as bodyguards? No, sitting alone in with our own kids, we won't have that issues. But um, yeah, so so we, I understand what, what what you're saying, and you sort of sensed it in the first uh, when we start asking how we're we preparing for Gimel Tammuz. I said, yeah, buy my tickets, and then you say, well, how come for other things, you ask for more significant preparation? So, um, yes, here too, Gimel Tammuz is something which is difficult um, for a Hasid, for a follower of the Rebbe. And I'm still speaking here not only for those followers of the Rebbe who uh, listen to us um, while they're taking their kids on uh, school drives, but for other people, people in our community, myself, uh, to be a follower of, uh, of the Rebbe and the void of the Rebbe's physical presence in our life. Uh, Marx is very significant a change for a Hasid, even though I was just 17 years old when the Rebbe has uh, passed away. Um, still, the fact uh, that until 17 years old, every step of our life was uh, 
hung on the what did the Rebbe say today, yesterday, and how this will shape our behavior for the next two days, and then find out what the Rebbe said the next day. And this is how it was for 17 years, and after that, for the next 29 years of my life, it is uh, every day the question that I ask myself is what the Rebbe said, not yesterday, but what did the Rebbe say, 29 or more, 31, 32, 33, and 60 years ago. That part is easier. It's easier to say or to consider what the Rebbe said. What's a lot more challenging and perhaps impossible to truly answer is what would the Rebbe say? No, I don't think I'm not. I never have this question of what would the Rebbe say. Okay. Because I'm not there to assume what the, what the Rebbe would have said. We know what he said. We also know, and I said it many times, we know that the Rebbe also said many things that might seem for the ordinary person like myself as, uh, as conflicting on various issues. And that depends on the questions that would ask, and the matters on the ground, and the developments in the world, and developments on the subject, and developments of thought, and many, many other th- such issues would naturally um, develop with time. Look, the Alter Rebbe himself also had uh, has written several books and has uh, come with several conclusions which are conflictory, and we go by what the Rebbe had said last. And these uh, conflicting uh, uh, decisions, uh, halachic, even halachic decisions by the Alter Rebbe. Right. And at the, at the same time, when the Rebbe was alive, if there was uh, conflicting messages, you can always clarify. You can ask the Rebbe. Um, even if you wouldn't clarify, just go by what the Rebbe said last. Okay. I think that today, almost 30 years later, it's a lot more challenging to, uh, to, to do, because like you said, there's Conflicting messages. Obviously, each message was unique to the circumstance and to the situation that it was given. And today, yes, maybe the question isn't what would the Rebbe say, but how should we behave based on what we know the Rebbe said? That's right. Because because we're we're living in a post Gimel Tamas reality. It's not something that you can ignore. We're not denying that this is uh, the current reality. Why is there even a thought should be something that should be denied? So let's 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 not even say that it's being denied. But the fact is that is that yeah yeah there is there is there is a, the, we should say that there are people who have uh, who lived in such denial and uh, and unfortunately there are people who have this uh, denial of the uh, true uh, of reality and that is not something that I'm ready to address at the moment. Yeah, I, I don't think it's something that uh, it's easy to address, um, especially because. It's not a, as much as we like to consider it a fringe. It uh, it's taken on a it's life not a of fringe. its own, right? It's taken on life of its own. It's it's pretty uh, loud and vocal. But yeah, like you said, it's not something we need to address. Let them deal with their own issues. But uh, as as chassidim of the Rebbe, people who live our lives, uh, I mean, we we live our whole being, our whole our whole existence, yours and mine, and many of our colleagues and friends around the world, and even those that aren't actually shluchim, but. We we live in in a, in a in a call it a bubble, but that's all we think about is what the Rebbe wants us to do, how the Rebbe wants us to operate, what the Rebbe wants us to do, and especially if you're living in Istanbul or in Munster as the Rebbe's representative, it's a, it's, it's a massive responsibility along with the challenge of actually doing doing it right and not uh, not turning it into your own thing and uh, just using the name Chabad, using the name Lubavitch. Being a shliach, so to speak, but uh, but at the same time having your own uh, agendas and your own uh, your own interests in life. 
So that's the challenge of, uh, of being able to continue being a shliach and continue doing what the Rebbe wants you to do. As a chassid, even when, uh, when physically we don't have any uh, live, up, uh, up-to-date connection. That's right. I wouldn't say we don't have live, up-to-date connection. We do have live, up-to-date connection. I'm not. We don't have a live, up-to-date uh, instruction. Instruction, okay. Communication. That's correct. Communication is one way. Right. And when for a chassid, that is not something that is very, very usual and very common. And it is very, very conflicting. And definitely we could speak about and can't deny that there are people who, uh, who get conflicted. And also there are people who, in order to avoid their conflictingness, they, uh, they uh, mandate their own uh, set of, uh, of views, which they have uh, decided that this should be the orthodoxy of, of the way the things should be set. And that's another, uh, you know, manufactured um, thing. At the end of the day, we are all part of Hasidim of the Rebbe, each on their own, each in their very, very own way and each in a very, very unique way. And we all have our way, the same way no Chabad House is not McDonald's. And you don't get the same chicken served in Munster as the chicken served in Istanbul. It's not the same burger, and it's not the same Maham burger. It is, uh, we are all, we're all very different. We all uh, serve our Shiure Torah different. We teach uh, the Torah in a different way. We learn uh, Torah differently. We express it differently. And we set up our Chabad house in a different way. In the same way, we all do it in our way. And Ein Der Seim Shabbos is definitely part of how the Rebbe has has left us. So tell me, what are are you uh, fabringing with your community about? First, I'm going to fabring with myself. Right, that, that, that always makes for the best for bringing. No, no, not not necessarily. First of all, I I, I will for bring with myself. I'm going to ask myself the same hard questions that I ask myself every single day, and that is, I'm sitting in Istanbul, sacrificing my life, my kids' life. I am. Am I seeing? Am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Am I seeing the fruits? Am I seeing the return on the investment? If I would have been a businessman, and looking back in 22 years of being in Istanbul, 29 years of being a chassid of the Rebbe post the Rebbe's passing, there is an investment here. The investment is not only me investing my time, it is also in a greater way, in a more aloof way, is the Rebbe has invested his time and his efforts in 40 or 40 years or 42 44 years of leadership in us did this investment bring about the return on the investment it's a question and and in what way it's a question about myself am i a correct return on the investment it's investment of generations. If the answer to your question is... I don't want an answer. Exactly, because if the answer to your question is yes, then it's a little uh, full of yourself. Because who, who are you? The Rebbe invested and you're coming to, to prove and to show, look, the Rebbe's investment was successful because I'm doing what the Rebbe wants me to do, what the Rebbe guided us for 44 years. 
So it's like you say, it's not a question that needs an answer. It's a, it's a question that is meant to, to push and to propel further. Mm-hmm. So that is the first thing that I'm going to to think about and do at uh, at at the Fabringen. What else? Yeah, that's basically it. There was an article in the in the uh, Jerusalem Post last week about uh, the growth of Chabad, and they 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 focused on the amount of uh, yeshiva bachrim that uh, in Chabad that be- get smicha that become rabbis. I found that a little uh, interesting because every Chabad yeshiva bachar, as long as he stays within the system, eventually gets smicha, even if he doesn't end up moving on shlichas. But uh, it, it sparked a conversation that my fabrengen with my community and. Uh, we were talking about the growth of Chabad and, and what the Chabad's real success is. Obviously, it's not because of the uh, amount of people that are getting smicha, uh, that are becoming rabbis. And what I what I shared with them is that the, the Rebbe was not really into uh, growing a movement. Obviously, the Rebbe was very much for uh, Chabad to be respected and honored and to, and, to, uh, and to be recognized. But it wasn't about growing a movement. It was about being there for the Jewish people. Inevitably, when you focus on individuals and you give every person the care and attention that he needs, you end up with a movement. So uh, if, if we have to share a message with our communities about what the Rebbe represents, what the Rebbe is, and what the Rebbe wants us to do, especially in small communities like mine, it's a lot more apparent and you see it in front of your face, that you focus on the individual and you show them real avas Yisrael, real love, real care, real genuine concern for your fellow Jew, that's where the Rebbe's real revolution, if we want to use the term, that's where the Rebbe's real change in the, uh, in the Jewish world came around, where it wasn't about buildings, it wasn't about endowment funds, it wasn't about budgets, it wasn't about massive buildings. All those are, are part of the, uh, of the package, but that, those are not the goals. The goal is all about reaching every Yid, being there for every Yid, making a, helping another Yid do a mitzvah, helping another youth connect to his heritage. And the, the Rebbe had very specific ways of doing it. He was very, uh, if you can use the term loosely, the Rebbe was a demanding boss. He had, he had a very unique way of expecting us to, uh, uh, to do his shlichus. And at the end of the day, if you did things that were not part of their plan, the Rebbe let you know. And the Rebbe made it very clear to you. I mentioned to my community on Shabbos that the Rebbe was, uh, if, you, if you need to use the term as, of a, a, a boss versus an uh, employee, the Rebbe would hold the, his Hasidim's feet to the fire with a smile. With a smile? Yeah. A, a, a actual smile or a, uh, a, a knowing smile. But the point is that the, the Rebbe didn't, didn't take things, uh, didn't like when things were done halfway. At the same time, it doesn't mean that there isn't value in the one mitzvah that the person does do, even though more is more is better. So perhaps we can we can attribute this to the to the conflicting uh, messages that we perceived. Obviously, the Rebbe wasn't conflicted. We're we're the ones that are conflicted in the way we understand and the way we see it. But the, the Rebbe cared for every Jew. The Rebbe cared for every shliach. And the Rebbe's way of doing that, the Rebbe's way of expressing his care and love for every Jew, was demanding. You want to be a good Jew. You want to be connected to holiness and kedusha. Here's how you do it. You can't do it in a fake way. It has to be real. It has to be authentic. That was a good for bringing. For more, come back. Come visit us in Munster. No, I visit you on Shabbos Gimel Tammuz with your three sons. Yeah. But there's a lot more to say in Gimel Tammuz. A lot more to say, and a lot more of not to say. 
and um, I won't I won't say that I am being a mouth to many by saying that there's a lot more to say that is not being said. There are many many people, many many people in the Chabad circles who don't know what to say and feel that there is something that should be said and are not being said. Because who's the one that should be saying it? I think that's what it comes down to. No, no. Also because they don't know what to say. And that's part of the challenge. Everybody wants to be heard, but nobody knows what they want to say. No, no, because they are confused. They are confused because one of the biggest confusions that uh, that happened with the Rebbe's passing was with the Rebbe's call was Hine Hine Moshiach Bo Ot Ot Kumt Moshiach Moshiach is coming right now and it hasn't happened in 29 years. And that's painful. It's it's not only painful. It's because it's it makes people question things in front of a mirror in front of themselves. And there are people who think that they hold the truths and they know the answers to everything and there are people who don't know the answers to everything and some people are hushed from even asking the, those questions and that it, I, it hurts it hurts it hurts because the Rebbe said it's gonna happen ot 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 means right now it, yes and that's part of the uh, things we don't have answers to it's things that we don't understand not only part it's the main thing and it's a good question. It's a good question that, that that many people ask and are asking themselves all the time. It goes back to the return on the investment. The ultimate return on the investment is, is when Moshiach comes. So the question is, where is Moshiach? And and where is the ot ot? Here it comes. Here it comes, which the Rebbe said. And he said it's going to be imminent. It wasn't imminent. And there's no answer. But yet. we, keep, we keep, keep working on it. Exactly. Yeah, there's no answer yet. We keep working on it. And God willing, it'll happen and that is the question of Ad Masa. It's a question that we ask, but it's a question that people want to ask and people are asking. And any type of, of assurance that people scream from the top of their lungs and hush anybody from asking is not going to take away from the question. And I also know that we're going to, even bringing up this question is going to uh, cause a lot of email traffic going to you, not to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm the buffer. But still, asking the question is important. Without giving conclusions and answers, asking the question is important for many people. And I ask myself this question because I try to be honest to myself. I don't try to hide and come up with uh, unbaked truths. We are Hasidim of the Rebbe. We do what the Rebbe has told us what to do. We'll continue doing what the Rebbe has told us what to do. And we also ask questions because we, we ask questions because we are human beings. But, you know, ultimately, uh, being there, being at the oil for Gimel Tammuz, Shabbos after Gimel Tammuz, being with other chassidim, with other shluchim, even people that we disagree with, even people that disagree with us, and pe even people that think we're crazy. But at the end of the day... No, lots of people think we're crazy. Why are these two rabbis are coming? These two rabbis coming and chatting all whatever is on their mind here in front of uh, hundreds of people that listen to them every week. Why are they? Why you even listen to this every week? And then sending us uh, comments and telling us how bad we said and how bad we expressed and how wrong we said. And then it bothers you so much why you come back every week. Yeah, because it's entertaining. At least we can Is provide it? that. Not sure. Uh, apparently. Anyway, Mendy, it's good talking to you. And I will uh, 
look forward to seeing you in New York. God willing. Zeig isn't. Take care.